0: I was in the office this morning, and um, Luke, still keep working on me. We're having all kind of issues today. Uh, I was in the office this morning. We were praying with all the team, and I began to pray against distraction. I didn't know why. That was weird. You remember me praying that? I was praying against distraction, and thought, that's weird. And then we get out here, and... Stuff starts going wrong, the video's not working, and then I'm sitting there and I realize that entire row of lights is not working, and the ones that are working are not very bright, and I keep getting up and going back there, and Luke's working on things, and we're going here and going there, and then I get in worship, and I stand there, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, I I, I, I told Richard, I told John, I said, we just prayed for distractions, and man... So I got right there, and I'm trying to pray, and, I'm, and and all of a sudden, I remembered, I need a table for Anna. And so I go back there to him, I go, go find a table, and then I come back, and I'm here. And all of a sudden, the Lord began to just show me my morning. I got here in my office about 6.45, and... I was going here and going there and I'd get this and i forget I'd go over here and do that and then I came out into the auditorium and I sat right there and I began to pray and as I begin to pray all of a sudden I saw in my mind the CD player sitting back there on the table that Never got put back in. So I got up, and I got back there and I hunted screws and I put that back in. And then I started kind of pray again. And all of a sudden I remembered the nursery and I went down there and the fan still blowing because the carpet was wet. And then I was under the men's sink. And then, and the Lord just began to show me all morning long my distractions. It's just continued. But when, when that happens, when things are to distract you, I just have a feeling today it's because the Lord wants to do something specifically for somebody. God has got a word for you, but the enemy is just trying to get a sidetracked because he doesn't want you to get what you need today. So let's just take a moment and let's pray again and let's say, Lord, all of my distractions this morning, I don't know what your morning was like. If your kids could find their shoes or if you could find your keys or if you, you know what you decided to wear, you know, you, you think about it at night, you know, I'm just what I'm going to wear and you get up and put it on, it don't fit. I got up and put on a pair of pants. I was going to wear these pinstripes and I was like, yeah, that ain't working. <laughs> things will always go the way you plan things to go. I don't know how your morning's been, but let me tell you this morning. Let's take a moment to say, Lord, we put all that aside. We're here. We're now. Let's get our eyes and our mind focused and our heart open to what the Holy Spirit has to say today. Amen. So Father, we just thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you. It doesn't matter if the lights are working right. We can still work it, worship. It doesn't matter. We can get the sound going. We can, we, the CD player's fine. Lord, the, the nursery's good. Everybody, we're here in this moment for this time and I do not want to miss my visitation. Holy Spirit, do not let me be distracted about where I'm going to go after church and what I'm going to do, where I'm going to eat. And Lord, get my mind focused for these next few moments on what you are saying to me. Open my mind, open my heart, open my ears to hear. And Lord, today let me be challenged and changed in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 John, chapter number 5. We're going to be reading just a couple of scriptures uh, here in a few moments. But uh, before, let me tell you a story. One day, Bubba, Bubba's big. Bubba's 6'8", 340 pounds. Bubba, I mean, he he gets on the bus. He looks at the bus driver and he said, Bubba, don't pay. And he went and sat down. Well, the bus driver, he's about 5'3", and skinny and meek and he didn't say anything day by day Bubba gets on the bus and looks at him and says Bubba don't pay Finally, the bus driver, I mean, he's losing sleep. This is bothering him. And he begins to, he signed up for a weightlifting class. And he's taking karate and judo. And he goes all through the summer. And he gets all built up. And, I mean, he's not only building his physical strength and his mental. But he's getting, I mean, he's getting self-confidence. And, I mean, one day, Bubba gets on the bus. And Bubba said, Bubba don't pay. And he jumped up and said, why don't Bubba pay? Bubba said, because Bubba has a bus pass. <laughs> Sometime we get bullied and there's really no reason. We allow things to bother us that shouldn't bother us. We're having issues and things are tormenting us. And, and we have a vain imagination, the Bible says. We make up issues when there are no issues. We read things on Facebook and take offense. And they weren't even talking about you. We can do a lot of things, but we, when we begin to realize who we are in Christ. Can I tell you this morning, something is coming. Something's coming. It's just around the corner. What, what do you mean, Pastor, around the corner? I mean it's almost here. You can't see it, but it's almost there. It's at your doorstep. I'm telling you, it's like ordering something from Amazon, which my wife does frequently. So much so that she bought a mat for the front porch that says, please hide packages from my husband. But you order something, and then you get excited that it's coming and then you wait and it don't show up that day. And the next day and you're anticipating and you don't know what, know when it's coming. Or, but one day it shows up. I'm telling you, something's about to show up. God has put in an order for you. It's on the way. But sometimes it looks hopeless. Sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we forget that it's coming and we begin to live like it's not. Today, I want to talk to you about being a new creation. Everybody said, I'm new. I'm new. I'm not the same old. Same old, same old. So we're reading in John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 5. Let's read verse 4 and 5 real quick. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. That overcomes the world. How many would like to overcome the world? The flesh, the devil, everything in the world. So we have the power to overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Can I just take a poll this morning? How many believes in the Son of God? Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe he died on the cross and he rose again and he's coming again? If you believe it's your faith that overcomes the world, then why are we living and allowing the world to overcome us? If my faith overcomes the world, why am I in a position where I'm being overcome? My mind, my heart, my emotions... But we begin to realize something is coming. There's a, there's a new hope, a new dream, a, a new purpose. As we begin to, to look and to peer into the future. If we could just see a moment from now. If we could really see what tomorrow holds. If we could see next week. If we could look at our life and say, you know what, next year at this time, this is what I'm going to be. But you know what the problem is? We can only see us right now. We look in the mirror. And we see... Who we are and what we are and how our emotions are that day and what we're thinking and how we're feeling. And everything culminates at that point in time. Oh, but I just want to just encourage you this morning. Something good is right around the corner. Don't give up hope. Don't stop believing. Don't stop trusting. Start living for a bright future. We look in scriptures, and we understand that, I mean, he said this is the victory that overcomes the world. I just want to go ahead and tell you today, you have victory. You say, Pastor, I'm not living very victorious. I don't care. You still have the victory. You may be sick today, but you have victory over sickness. You may be discouraged today, but you have victory over discouragement. Whatever you're going through today, you have victory over it. You've just got to step into it. And realize everything is not going to be the way it is today. See, what happens is we get so focused and then we lose our hope. Hopelessness leads to all kind of bad decisions. Hopelessness causes people to end jobs and end marriages and end their life. When there was so much hope and so much blessing in the future. But because they couldn't see it. Because it wasn't happening today. Because they didn't know that even though they were suffering, they had victory already. We look at our present circumstances. We look at the present circumstances of our world. And it's discouraging. We look at where we're at. We look at what's going on. We look at, uh, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, things are a mess. But when we look at our circumstances and we we, we say, man, it's dark and it looks hopeless. But I'm telling you, things are going to change. Things can change in a moment. Your life can change in a moment. One phone call, one knock on your door, one visitation, one moment. We see it all through Scripture. When things are just look hopeless in a moment, everything changes. I'm telling you, things are about to change for you. Things are looking up. Somebody shout, I have the victory. We look at David. Miss Amy's been teaching Wednesday nights out of Samuel. And it's been so good. I love all those Bible stories. We're up to Samuel and up to David and Jonathan and Saul. And we're moving on. And here David right now is running for his life. He has been anointed king as a teenager. But now he's a young man and he's running from the king. He's living as an outcast, a vagabond. I mean, he's on the run. He's an outlaw. And he says in 1 Samuel 25, 21, he said, it's been useless all my watching. Another version says, what a waste of time. It seems like sometimes we don't, we're like, God, is this what I was meant for? I thought... Things were going to be better. I thought things were going to be different. And now then, I've got an enemy. I'm running from home. I can't even be in my own house with my own family. I'm living as an outcast. And David says, it seems useless. A waste of time. Joseph, used of God, called of God, blessed of God, ends up in a pit, sold into slavery, lied on in Potiphar's house, and in prison. God wears the purpose in this. Sometimes, have you ever had situations that seem like it just went from bad to worse? I mean, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and you're like, Lord, what is is I'm getting kind of discouraged here. I'm getting feeling kind of hopeless. And, and and Joseph is there and he stays longer and longer. And, and then we know the story. The, the butler and the baker come in and, and he tells them their dream. And he says... Don't forget me. Have you ever told somebody that? Don't forget about me. And they said, oh, no, we'll never forget about you. Man, you you interpreted our dream. And then he got out of prison. And what did the Bible say he did? Forgot about him. You feel forgotten about? Nobody knows where I'm at. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Can I tell you this morning? If David, if Joseph had of just known in the moment that they said those things and in the moment they were feeling that way, that it wouldn't be but just a few days before they would be going from the pit to the palace. from They would go from running to the king. That he would go from being a prisoner to being second in control. I'm telling you, God has a purpose and a plan for your trials and your tribulations and you have victory even when you don't feel like it. You don't see it. You don't feel it. You don't think it's coming, but I'm telling you, it's just around the corner, and tomorrow might be your day. It may be your day that you get called up out of the pit and end up in the palace. It may be that day because you've been called. You've been anointed. God has a purpose and a plan for your life, but sometimes... We go through trials and tribulations. God is working on us and working through us. And he's setting things up. I look around at this world and I look at things and I'm like, God, you must be setting somebody up. You're setting some stuff up. And it's amazing when God sets stuff up. And then, you know, it's like you ever seen those guys that set all the dominoes up? And it takes forever. And then all of a sudden... They go, flick. <laughs> and what happens? Everything, they all start falling into place. I saw a guy do that the other day. Uh, with, with He was doing a brick wall. And he was doing all the top caps on the top of this wall. And he had them all standing up and he hit the, And they all just fell down in place. I'm telling you, that's how God is doing in your life. He is setting things up, and sometimes we don't see, how does that piece fit, and how does that piece fit, and and what's going on, and this doesn't doesn't seem right. But can I tell you, God's about to kick over the the last domino. He's about to put the last piece in place, and when he does, your life is going to come together in such an amazing way. You're going to go, wow, I'm glad I didn't give up. I'm glad I didn't give up on that marriage. I'm glad I didn't give up on that child. I'm glad I didn't give up on that job or that that, that, that de- destiny, that plan, because I was about to quit and give up. I didn't think it was ever gonna work. And all of a sudden, God put everything in place. What sometimes we see as useless, God sees as useful. Everybody say, I'm useful. You are destined for glory. You are destined for greatness. You are destined for blessing. You are destined for the glory of God. Amen. To work in and through your life. Listen. It's coming. It's just around the corner. Don't give up. It's almost here. Somebody say it's almost here. I mean, people look at Big John. Big John was a homeless guy on the streets of London. His life was in a mess. He was addicted to meth. Lost all of his teeth. Lost his family. He would be what some would call a hopeless case. Anybody know of any hopeless cases? People we look at and go, that's that's hopeless. But one day Big John wandered into a mission. And there in that mission, he met a group of people, Christian people who love God and love people, and they begin to minister to Big John. They begin to tell him about Jesus, and they begin to love on him, and he began to come more and more. And it wasn't long before Big John found himself on his knees crying out to God and giving his heart to Jesus. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. God began to restore his life. God began to break his addictions. He began to go out on the streets and tell his friends about Jesus. And it wasn't long till they changed his name. His nickname was Big John. They changed it to John the Baptist. It's a true story. Every week he was bringing more and more friends to church and they were finding Jesus. He became the evangelist. Somebody in the church, a dentist, called him in and, and, and took him and replaced all of his teeth. God restored his home, built a relationship, come back with his, with his parents and with his children, with his grandchildren he didn't even know he had. See, we look at people. And we look at their life and we look where they're at. And we, we say, well, they, they're their own purpose. They're, you know, that, that's their own fault. And that may be true, but it's not where God wants them to be. And God has a bigger plan. And God is able to restore. So no matter how far, how bad, or how hopeless it seems, I, I'm telling you, if God can do it for big John, he can do it for you. Because God is in the life-changing business. It's what he does. It's what he's all about. And it's what we as Christians, followers of Jesus, who have experienced this life giving freedom and victory, need to be out telling people today. I'm telling you, there's plenty of people that'll tell you there's no hope. There's plenty of people that'll condemn you. There's plenty of people that'll tell you to go to hell. But where is the people that's out there telling people you don't have to? You don't have to go to hell. There's been a change in your destiny. There's a change. Somebody came and gave their life. Yes, you're on your way to hell without Jesus. But because he lives, you can face tomorrow. He'll change your life, change your destiny, and change your eternity. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you have made Jesus Christ Lord of your life if you have prayed and said Jesus come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior and now you're trying to get it all together. You're trying to figure it out and you're just walking this thing out. I'm here to tell you today the old man the old woman amen is no longer there. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away behold all things are new. Isaiah 42 says, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. We know the scripture in your mother's womb, I knew you, I formed you, and I called you by name. Can I tell you today, you're not an accident. Can I tell you today, somebody, you're watching me at home, you're listening, you feel hopeless, you're in despair. You say, my life, you are not an accident. You are loved. Maybe you weren't planned. Maybe you just showed up, but you're not an accident. God chose you, called you, forms you, and he has a purpose for your life. Being in Christ. Being in Christ. Christ. I'm not talking about knowing his name. I'm not talking about knowing about him. I'm talking about what Christy said, having a personal relationship, having Jesus on the inside and you being in him. You are in Christ, a new creation. When we find out that we're, we're living way below our possibility... You're living way below who you are. You're living way below your potential. And some of it is not, it's only because you just don't know where you belong. I'm here to tell you today you don't belong in the pit, you belong in the palace. You're an heir, a joint heir. You're a child of the Most High God. You're a daughter. You're a son greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world amen Amen. Ephesians says it is Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up he had his eye on us had his desires and his glorious living part of his overall purpose is working everything out in everything and everyone It's the message Bible. He's got a plan. He's working everything out in everyone, in everything and maybe you don't feel like it and you look at other people and they don't look like it but I'm telling you God's working in their life. Maybe you're not what you want to be but thank God you're not what you used to be. Wherefore, if any man be in Christ he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, The new has come. The old man is dead. See, let me talk to you. I'm talking about I'm not talking about being remade. I'm not talking about putting new clothes on an old goat. I'm not talking about washing a pig. He's still a pig. I'm talking about when Jesus came in, he made you a new person. That old man is dead. That old one is dead. Those, that old nature is dead. Sometimes you just forgot. You don't know where you're, you're living in the wrong place. You've been changed. You just need to realize it. You just need to know who you are. And you need to get up and go, wait a minute. That's not me. That was that old person. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I don't have to think that way, act that way, live that way, talk that way. Listen, I have a higher purpose. I'm a spirit being with a soul living in a fleshly body. But listen, my soul, my spirit... That part where Jesus has come in is renewed and refreshed and is a completely new creation ready to flourish. But sometimes we don't feed it. We just keep feeding that old flesh we got to start feeding that spirit, get in the word, get in prayer, get in worship, and say, Lord, I want that new man on the inside of me that you created, I want that to start shining out. I want that to start living. I want that to start being what people see. Not the old man that should be dead and gone. Amen? Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And the life, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. Listen, we, we've got to come to a realization that I'm living a life in Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I already am. I'm not trying to be. We talked about that a while back. With, where we're trying to do something that Christ has already done. I got I, I to be, a, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, and I'm, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to obey this rule, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and that'll make me a better Christian. No, it won't. You're just as saved today as you're ever going to be. Now, can Christ live greater through us? Oh, yeah. Can we shine his light greater? Oh, yeah. But can he love you anymore? No. Can you be any more saved than you are right now? And you didn't get it any way or anyhow with what you did. It was all on what he did. So stop trying to be a Christian and just let Christ live through you. Stop trying to oh, I, gotta, I gotta stop doing that. I gotta stop acting that way. I gotta stop talking that way. I gotta I gotta stop going there. I gotta stop doing that. And you're and you're thinking that if I do that, then somehow he's gonna love me more. No, he's not going to love you any more than he loves you right now. And if you'll just let Christ start living through you, he just won't do those things. We come to a place to where all of a sudden we realize, wait a minute, am I living up to my full potential? Do do I really know who I am in Christ? If, If I am a new creation, if I'm a new creature, why am I still acting like this? See, the new creature that born again, spirit and dwelt, uh, has power and ability and resources it never had. Amen, now we're called the sons and the daughters of God. Amen, we can stand before God with boldness. You don't have to walk in the house of God and go like, Oh no, is he going to strike me? No, he loves you. Remember that prodigal son in the pig pen? The Bible says the father saw him a long way off. He already had his whole speech planned out. I'm just going to be a servant. I'm not worthy. But the father just came running to him with open arms. I'm telling you, the father is waiting for you to step up and realize who you are. You're not a servant. You are a son. And you belong in the house. You don't belong in the servant quarters. You belong in the house. And you just got to wake up and go, you know what? I'm a son living in the pig pen. But I don't belong here. I'm a a son and a daughter. And I'm I'm dealing with this. And I'm going through that. And I'm doing this. And I'm doing that. And that's not what a son does. That's not what the king does. That's not what Jesus does. So you know what? I'm just going to get back to the house. And let God be God. Let him live through me you got to know who you are in Christ. Hmm. I read a story of two men. I made a bet. One had mastered the art of training animals. And he bet the other man he could take his old floppy eared mule and turn him into a racehorse. Another guy said, okay, I'll take that bet. So the trainer took the mule and... He filed his teeth and polished his hoofs, and he put him in the finest stable and fed him the finest foods and he ran him around the track every day. And it came race day and he put him in the gate. The gun fired. Boom! All the horses took off and the old mule just went He did what he was born to do. He wasn't born a raised, why did the horses take off? Because it was in them. It was in their natures, what they're born and bred for. I'm telling you, amen, we are not born and bred, amen, to hang out with turkeys. Amen, we're eagles. We need to fly. We need to soar. We need to get some fight back in us. We need to stop letting the devil just run over us. I heard something the other day. I loved it. I'll never forget it. You need to fight like you're the third monkey getting on the ark. Do you get it? <laughs> Not but two getting on you gotta fight like you're the third monkey getting on the ark. Your life depends on it. Your existence depends on it. your future depends on it. But when you're born again, maybe I was born. In the beginning as an old floppy-eared mule. But I've been born again. I have Jesus living on the inside. And I am in Christ. And in Christ there is now, therefore, no condemnation. Are you living under condemnation? Listen to the, let's compare real quickly. The old and new. The two natures. You have the new creation. We have the fallen nature, the sin man. Either we're new divine life or old human nature. Righteous, sinful. Has faith, doubts. Conquers, defeated. Supernatural aid or just natural only. Complete in Christ. Fractured image. No condemnation. Condemned. Peace, turmoil, dead to sin, alive to sin, surrendered, rebelling. Which one are we living? Are we living that new creation life to where we have faith, we're righteous, we're conquerors, we have all the heaven offers, we're complete, there's no condemnation, we have peace, we're dead to sin, we're surrendered to Him. Are we living in that old nature where We have doubt and fear and unbelief, and we never have enough. I'm telling you, if that's where you're living, you need to get up out of the pit and you need to walk up to the palace and go, Hey, I belong here. Jesus paid the price for me. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. But see, we have such low self image and low self esteem, and we, we, we feel like, Oh, I'm not worthy. No, we're not worthy. It's not about worthy. It's about favor. It's about what he has done, not what you have done. Start stepping up and saying, Lord, live through me. Can I get a big amen? The Bible says in Romans, all things were more than conquerors. More than conquerors. More than conquerors. More than conquerors. I like the illustration I heard a while. I've told you before. The definition of more than a conqueror. You go to work. You work all week long. 40, 50, 60 hours. You break your back. You wake up at daylight. Work till dark. On Friday, the boss hands you the check. You're a conqueror. You get home. Your wife holds out her hand. She's done nothing. You hand the check to her. She is more than a conqueror. <laughs> well, we know she worked hard for it too, didn't she? But here's the thing. We're working so hard to try to attain something that Jesus already did. He said... I fight the battle, I defeat the enemy, I cover sin, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also, and then I just hand it all to you free. If, and this is how we overcome the world, by our faith that we believe in Jesus Christ. When we believe in Jesus Christ, he takes all the victories that he's won and he hands them to us. And he makes us more than a conqueror. Somebody say, I'm more. Philippians says, I can do all things through Christ. Colossians says, you are complete in him. Romans says, there's no condemnation. Romans 5 says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. John says no one is born of God. Will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning. You They don't want to. But you got to know your rights. You got to know your rights. You ever hear, you ever hear the. Uh, Please arrest somebody. Read them their rights. You have the right to remain silent. I heard old drunk guy say. I have the right to, the right to remain silent, but i don 't have the ability <laughs> Some husbands are that way. <clears throat> you need to learn to remain silent because everything you say will be used against you <laughs> um, Jesus is my. Victory, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath a cleansing flood. I mean, Jesus paid the price. He won the victory. And now I get to celebrate it just like I did it. I get to enjoy it and live in it. God made us triumph through Jesus. He said he disarmed the powers and the authorities. He made a spectacle of them. He triumphed over them. Amen. He represented us in his death. Amen. He took our sins away. Amen. And he raised us up a new creation in Christ Jesus. So we've got to begin to say, I don't care how I feel today. I don't know what I'm experiencing today. I just know that I have victory and I'm going to begin to speak victory. I'm going to begin to act like I have victory and I'm going to walk in victory because I am victorious. You fail, you sin. When you're at your lowest, say, I am victorious. I am victorious. Righteous fall seven times and he gets back up again. Get up. Stop wallowing in it. Come on. You are paid for by a great price. You're destined to victory. We're going to pray in just a moment. Let me share just two more, three more things with you. You have victory over your past. Because Jesus... Paid the price for them. You have victory over your present circumstances and temptations. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you have victory over your future. Come on. Stop with the excuses. I don't care what happened in the past. You have victory over it. I don't care what's happening today. You have victory over it. And he has already won the victory for your future. Come on, declare, I am walking in victory. I am a new creation. You've been to the Alamo? I love the Alamo. I love walking around and looking at the walls and all the bullet holes and reading the plaques and seeing all the things and reading all the names of the people who came there and the history. But on the wall in the Alamo, there's a portrait With this inscription. It's James Butler Bonham. No picture of him exists. The picture is of his nephew, Major James Bonham. But it says he greatly resembled his uncle. We don't know what he looked like, but here's a picture of his nephew, and man, he looks just like him. It was placed by the family and the people that knew his appearance and knew what he died for, what he stood for. Can I tell you today, there's no real picture of Jesus. Though the little girl, she was in art class and she was drawing a picture and the teacher said, what are you drawing? She said, I'm drawing Jesus. The art teacher said, well, no one knows what Jesus looks like. She said, well, they will when I get finished. (laughs) (laughs) You need to have that kind of confidence. There's no picture of Jesus. But you know what? When people look at me, they should say, he resembles him. When they look in my eyes, they should see love. When they look at my hands, they should see my service reaching out to humanity and helping and loving. Amen. We need to be a portrait in our life of Jesus. People should see us, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Can I get a big amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap today. As we pray today, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're in this building, if you're watching online, today's your day. You say, Pastor, I'm not a new creation. I'm still living for me, how I want to, with all my faults and failures and my sins. But today, I want to be born again. Today, I want to be changed anew to a new life. Today, I want to live in victory. Today, I need my sins forgiven. I want my past covered, my future covered, and my now covered by the blood of Jesus. Listen, you've you got to think victoriously, get your eyes off your circumstances, and get busy working for Jesus. That's what we got to decide today. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I, I, I do not know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but today I want to give Him my life. If you're watching or you're here, would you pray with me? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, my faith says I believe. I believe Jesus. Came to earth, born in a, as a virgin, in a virgin, <laughs> died on a cross after living a sinless life, rose again, and is coming again. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe with my heart. I confess with my mouth. Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. I give my sins to you. I receive your righteousness. I am a new creation. I'm going to act different, think different, walk different, live different because I'm changed today. Thank you, Jesus, for new life. Father, I just pray today that any person watching online, those in this building, Lord, just made a confession because this is how we overcome the world. Our faith, even our faith in Jesus. I pray today that, as they made that confession, that you come alive in them, you change. Father, their old man is now dead, and their new life risen within them. They're a new creation. I pray that they would not only experience it, but they would live it. They would believe it. They would walk in it. And I pray for every person in this building who has made that declaration, but they're not living in it. They're living in the pig, in the pig pen in the pit. But they belong in the palace. Father, let them get up and shake themselves off and dust off the muck and the mire. And say, I'm going back to the Father's house. I'm going to begin to live the way I was created. I'm going to walk in victory in Jesus. Father, let them know you love them. You're not mad at them. You're not condemning them. But you're right there to help them. Live a victorious life through Christ Jesus. I pray you bless this week. Father, bless them on their jobs. Bless them in their homes. Bless them every area of their life. In Jesus' name.